Welcome to day five, our last day of looking through Matthew chapter 22. We're going to look at verses 41 to 46 today. In fact, let me begin by reading those verses, and then we'll get into what they have to say to us and the life that God has for us. Verse 41, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Now, first, I want to talk about this from the perspective of your life and maybe the life of a friend. If you're struggling with who Jesus is, who really is Jesus and what does he have to do with my daily life? Or you have a friend who's struggling with who Jesus is. Maybe it has to do with an initial commitment to Jesus and they're struggling with whether they should make that commitment. Or maybe it has to do with how Jesus is going to be involved in your daily life. And you're struggling. You're struggling with how much lordship, how much direction and guidance you should allow him to have in your life. Or your friend is struggling with this. If you're struggling, there's two things that need to be done that Jesus teaches us here. First, you listen to the questions that Jesus is asking you. And then, number two, you listen to the truth that Jesus is teaching you. First, you listen to the questions that Jesus is asking you. This begins with a question. What do you think about the Christ, Jesus says? Whose son is he? Jesus asked questions all the time to lead people to the truth. He did this all the time. If you look through the book of Matthew that we've been studying, Matthew 17, when Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he said? From whom did the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? In verse 18, what do you think, he says? If a man owns a hundred sheep, one of them wanders away. In chapter 21, what do you think, Jesus says? A man has two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard. What do you think, he says here, about the Christ? Whose son is he? Jesus will use scripture to bring a question to our minds. Jesus will use another believer to bring a question to our minds. If you're struggling with who Jesus is or you're struggling with Jesus's place in your life, the truth is you've got questions and God honors those questions. You should ask God all the questions that are on your mind and God will patiently and lovingly listen to those questions. He may be able to answer some immediately. There are some questions we ask on this earth. There are no answers until we get to heaven. That's not a cop-out. That's a reality of our human limitations. So you ask God your questions when you're struggling. You, you tell your friend who is struggling, ask God all the questions, but don't stop there. Because you also need to take a moment to listen for the question that God is asking you. Oftentimes, to get out of the struggle, you have to ask your questions, but you have to also stop long enough to listen. What question is God asking me? And in this case, he wanted to lead them to the truth that he is the Messiah. So he asked them a question about David. They would have understood this question from the Old Testament. Now, to you, it might not be an important question, but these are the kinds of things that they talked about all the time. If you stop and listen when you're struggling, if, you're, if your friend stops and listen, listens when they're struggling, they might hear a question like, don't you know that I've been with you all along? Or they might hear a question like, can't you see my love in the way that I've done this? Or they might hear a question like, isn't this what you're really struggling with? Can you be honest with me? They might hear a question like Jesus often asked, do you want to be healed? They might hear a very simple question like, what do you want? Listening for God's questions is one of the keys 
to getting out of a struggle of doubt, a struggle of faith. First, you listen to the questions that Jesus is asking you. And then the second thing you do is you listen to the truth that Jesus is teaching you. And here, just in in this one passage, we hear truth from the Old and the New Testament. Jesus brings an Old Testament quote when he talks about David, and he says, look at what's said in the Old Testament here. Why then did the Spirit inspire David to say, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right side until I put your enemies under my feet? Now, it's interesting here in this comment, Jesus is actually recognizing the power of Scripture. He says, why did the Spirit say through David? Why did the Spirit inspire David to say? He recognizes, Jesus recognizes here that David didn't write those parts of the Old Testament. The Spirit inspired David to write. Quoting from David in the Psalms, he recognizes the Spirit actually is the author. So when you and I talk about the authorship of the Bible being from God and not from man, Jesus affirms that here. As he affirms it, he has this question for them. Why is it that David calls his son, his descendant, Jesus says the Messiah is going to be called the son of David. He asked them, what's the Messiah called? Son of David. Jesus sometimes called himself the son of David through his ministry. Why in the world would he say that his son is his Lord? How could that be, he says? Now, you and I know the answer now. Jesus is both man and God. Jesus is the son of David. He is in the line of David. He's David's grandson, great, 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 great. I don't know how many greats right now, but a lot of greats, great grandson. But he not only was born as a man, he was born as God. So this one who was born as a man of Mary is God. He is the Lord. He is both. And David, inspired by the Spirit, recognized that. Now, this is amazing. Here is Jesus. This is the last week of his life. He's having these arguments. This is argument, question day with the Pharisees. They've asked all their questions of him. Now he has a question for them, and they can't answer it because they have been talking for hundreds of years about who the Messiah is going to be. And they couldn't understand the dichotomy in the Old Testament between the suffering servant picture of a Messiah and the victorious king picture of a Messiah. Jesus is both. They couldn't understand that Jesus is both God and man. You and I, when we listen to the questions of Jesus, the answers that eventually come to our mind, they can take your breath away. Revelation 22, verse 16 says, Jesus is both the root and the offspring of David. He is both God and man. That was something totally unexpected. No one could have known that would happen or expected that would happen, but God knew it from the very beginning. And so Jesus teaches them here, I am the Messiah, I am God and man. But instead of listening and responding, they just walked away because they couldn't understand his questions. These leaders were blinded to the truth. They were blinded by their tradition. They were blinded by their position. They were blinded by their pride. And one of the things you and I have to watch out for when we come to these moments of doubt in our lives is the people who want to attach to our doubt, who actually want to bring us down because of our doubt, because they've been brought down. Something some people call toxic religion. And one of the things you have to be able to do is know how to spot and deal with a modern-day Pharisee. Jesus knew how. He saw these people, they continually tried to back him into a corner and show him how, well, God could never do it that way. God could never work in that way. And you hear these kinds of questions today, too. When he was backed into a corner, Jesus always turned on the light. Jesus' opponents often tried to back him into a corner, and he'd ask him a question. They would ask him a question designed to trap him, and he would give them an answer that would show them the light. 
Instead, he turned on the light of truth by offering a totally different perspective. Give to Caesar what's Caesar's, give to God what's God's. There's no marriage in heaven. I am the God of Abraham. Why did he call him Lord? In everything that happened in this chapter, he is totally changing the way that they think. If you want to get out of doubt in your life, if you want to get out of a struggle point in your life, you have to be willing for Jesus to totally change the way that you see everything. When you start to see with eyes of eternity, when you start to see with eyes of hope, it changes everything. Now, notice here, as Jesus struggled with those who had toxic religion, he answered them without arguing with them. People who have toxic religion, they love to argue. They'd love to argue with you from now until eternity. The truth of the matter is it doesn't do them any good. It doesn't do you any good. Jesus gave gave them an answer. He didn't play games with people. He wouldn't fall for it. He wouldn't be pulled into these crazy-making games. Instead, he said, here's the truth. And the truth is, I'm the Messiah. They were asking him questions about taxes, and they were asking him questions about marriage. They should have been asking him questions about eternity and about hope. The Messiah was right there, the one they were hoping for, they were waiting for. And instead of trusting him, they're trying to trap him. And the reason they tried to trap him is because they were so caught up, they were so trapped by their own selfishness. When I come to these struggle points in my faith, one of the the honest questions I have to let God ask me is, where is my selfishness playing a part in this? Where is there something I don't want to let go of? Where is there something I don't want to believe? Where is the place I don't want to trust? Where is the thing God's asking me to do that I'm afraid to do? Where is the truth that I'm afraid to believe? Where is my own selfishness playing a part in this? You see, when you struggle with doubts, when your friend struggles with doubts that you want to help, God wants to get you through that struggle. He wants to get you to that other side of that struggle. But you start by listening for his questions. Ask yours, but then listen for his. And then you continue by listening to his truth. Our Father, as we pray together right now, I pray that you'd help us to hear both. Help us to hear the question you have for our hearts. What do we want? Where are we afraid? Where do we need to step out and believe? Help us to hear the question. But God, help us to also hear the truth from Jesus. The truth that you want to meet our needs the truth that you will be with us when we step out, the truth that we can give our fear to you. We don't have to be filled with anxious and troubled hearts because you are with us. Help us to hear your truth. God, take us through this struggle to the other side. Other side, help us to know that we're going to find you. We're going to find hope. We're going to find trust. We're going to find life. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you'll join us next week. We're going to see in the next chapter that Jesus outlines the greatest dangers of hypocrisy in our faith. Now, one of the keys to battling hypocrisy is admitting that we all struggle with hypocrisy. So all of you who struggle with hypocrisy, we'll see you next week to see what Jesus has to teach us. (laughs) 